Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR. And as we do from time to time, we are stepping aside from the operator angle and into the solutions that are making and supporting the industry or making it work and supporting it. Um, I actually was just talking to someone recently about how to define that. I think that's the best way to put it um, is that you have so many different moving pieces and things to worry about as an operator. And of course, you really got to rely on partners to help you get through a lot of it. So anyway, with that said, we're joined by John Cassetta, head of restaurant insurance solutions at Cover Wallet. So John, first of all, thank you for joining us. Um, we appreciate your time. I'll give you a chance here. Just to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what the company does and we'll take it from there. I appreciate your time today. Uh, like you said, my name is John Cassetta. I'm the, the sales manager for Restaurant Solutions at Cover Wallet, which is a division of Aon, a uh, large global uh, brokerage firm. We uh, we focus, uh, you know, in, in my area of uh, responsibility, we focus on the restaurant industry largely because one, we feel that uh, it's it's been underserved in in a variety of right ways. Uh, the restaurant industry has had to uh, be very creative in the last few years, and um, I don't feel that the uh, the industry has kept up with uh, the creativity of the of the restaurant owners. We need to make sure that we're there to uh, support them every way we can. So, I guess in this case, we're talking about insurance. <laughs> so, we are. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about about you know, I guess where the gap is there. I think uh, you know, cyber protection is a good a good thing to kind of mention, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you mentioned it not keeping up, I mean, what are some of the levels here that you know operators maybe need to think more about? You know, that they that maybe they're not right now. Well, you know, I'll be the first to tell you as a consumer of insurance, the first thing you do in life isn't just sit down and think about like, hey, what do I need to do for insurance? Um, so, you know, that said, when you look at the industry, you know, and I hate to talk in terms of the pandemic, but the pandemic did launch uh, a great deal of challenges for people, and and from that, a lot of uh, creative solutions, um, but the game has changed. Now, what does that mean in the insurance context? We haven't created a new product necessarily, but the degrees of difficulty within what people are doing have shifted. And if you you know, purchased a policy, say in 2019, is it still living up to the expectations that you had today? And you know, the question I think in a lot of cases is we don't know because if you're not having those conversations, if you're not taking a look at it, a lot's changed. Um, you know, so just making sure that we're we're staying on top of that and educating people on some of the exposures that weren't there four years ago that are there now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, what are some of those? I mean, you know, just in terms of things that have changed and. Uh, you know, I, I think the at the in the early days there, we were talking about everything from food safety to, you know, you just not being able to operate uh, for a month exactly. <laughs> or longer. Um, and, you know, those are the, you know, those are some of the ones that, you know, they'll always exist, right? Things like business interruption, liability, you know, for, you know, now you have uh, food to go where it was traditionally uh, dying in for a lot of these places. Um you know, structures are no longer what they used to be. You know, they had those little, uh, you know, igloos that people had on the on the sidewalks so you could eat outside in, in the middle of winter in Rochester, New York, where I happen to be. Um, a lot of that has been probably debated and discussed at length, but I think the, the latest one that most people that I talk to don't realize is a, is a challenge is cyber, like you had mentioned. 
Um, it wasn't that long ago. I, I sound like an old man sitting on the back porch telling stories when I say these things, but it wasn't that long ago that everybody was taking your order at the table on a notepad with a pencil. And now everything is a handheld. Yeah. It's fantastic for so many reasons. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, anti-POS. I think they're fantastic. Um, but now you have an entry point for cyber attacks that didn't exist once upon a time. And, uh, you know, a common uh, thing that I hear from people is, well, why is that my issue? Well, we're all responsible for, you know, the safety of information that is, you know, shared back and forth. So, yeah, I might be the one handing you my credit card, but if you're not storing it and managing it safely, it falls back to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually somewhat surprised somebody would ask that question. You know, if, I mean, I, I, I had my identity stolen one time from swiping a credit card. I, I still remember where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still mad at them, um, even though, although although it actually was their fault. This was a, at a Jacksonville Jaguars football game years ago where it was actually the employee I handed it over to rather than like, you know, ransomware. But But yeah, I would think that from a restaurant's perspective, that part of it is why you should care. You know, if someone comes to eat there and it's the swiping of their card at your establishment that results in that, you know, there isn't, there isn't anything good about that. There isn't, but you know, you, you bring up a really good point and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm going to give you a, a completely different line of coverage to give you, uh, you know, kind of a counterpoint to your argument. I've had so many conversations over the years with, uh, with people regarding liquor liability and saying, well, why is that my issue? You know, how is it my fault that somebody made a bad decision to ha- to consume too much alcohol and they caused a car accident that injured somebody? Why is that my issue yeah. as, as the restaurant owner? You know, and on a human level, uh, yeah, the accountability kind of drives me crazy sometimes when people are, are told, well, it's your fault that somebody else made a bad choice. The same thing can potentially happen with, with cyber where, yeah, you do have a degree of liability, even though there's some, you know, bad person who's doing cyber attacks from, you know, their living room and, you know, half a world away. That's literally what happened to me. I had somebody that was in a foreign country steal my Netflix account, mm. you know. What they do with way. it? <laughs> they binge watch a show that I would never have seen. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that was probably more for kicks than anything else. But, you know, the point is every single person, you know, has had some sort of attempt and it's, it's a constant thing. You know, every day you're getting emails that are, you know, phishing attempts or text saying, you know, click this link because your, you know, your Amazon account was frozen when you know darn well it wasn't. Yeah. Um, all of those are things. And, and it's, a, it's just a point of entry for somebody to do bad things with your information. And now you take it onto the business level where now you might potentially have liability because an employee didn't know that they clicked on something they weren't supposed to and they just exposed all of the customer credit cards that were on file. Yeah, we we, we had this, uh, someone pointed out to me recently, uh, we had an intern, you know, she had been gone for a long time and her someone emailed like from an account with her name to a restaurant saying like, Hey, if you want to be featured in a story, click this link and we'll set up some times to interview you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's a sophisticated phishing, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then the one person let, let us know. And uh, we're sitting there going like, what do we like? How did, do we stop this? And like, you know, and no real way to do that. Um, other than just, yeah. But I, uh, you know, you go back to respect, you know, the person didn't click on it, thankfully, but if they had, 
you know, I don't know about the liability part of it, but I'm sure they would have been kind of mad at QSR. <laughs> so, you know, and it's interesting. I mean, I was just kind of reading this, you know, just this past weekend, you know, you had a lot of restaurants in New Hampshire hit by a ransomware attack mm-hmm. and it was going through the, um, you know, the loyalty and the gift cards and all that and the payroll too. And, right. you know, I, I think that's to your point about, you know, COVID and what's changed, how this has really been sort of broken wide open, you know, are these loyalty programs now that, you know, people are pretty comfortable giving their information for the most part to restaurants to get the things in return. But, but yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to be thought about what goes into that. Right. So all these great things that, you know, the, I, I don't want to beat the dead horse and keep saying creativity, but the, the things that came out of the minds of restaurant owners were pretty remarkable. And I think that out of all the industries that had to adapt and, and change, food service to me leads the, the way in what they had to do to, to stay open. And I, got, I have a great deal of respect for what they've been able to accomplish. But now, you know, there's, there's new ways that, uh, you know, things can, can happen poorly for them. And we just have to make sure that we're staying on top of that. And I think a lot of it is just educating them on where, where their responsibilities fall so they can make informed decisions on what it is that they need to do to operate safely. Right. And okay. So, I mean, I guess from a granular perspective, you know, if you do want to take this seriously and you got to figure out how to protect yourself from it, you know, where, where do you begin? I mean, I guess you get cyber liability insurance, but right. you know, what, what, what are some things that you can do to, to kind of take out, you know, another huge headline this past uh, few days was this Aloha POS outage, right? You know, right. the black cat ransomware, whatever the hell that is. But, you know, that was a, that was a huge problem. I was talking what? to a operator just the other day about something and they were like, I got to get back to you. I got to deal with this you know, this outage that we have. Um, and I, at that point I hadn't even heard of it until they mentioned it. So, so yeah, where do you begin, you know, addressing this if you, if you're trying to prepare yourself? Well, you know, uh, you know, like you said, obviously buying the insurance, but that's, that's the end result. That's, you know, bad things have already happened. So now you just need to protect yourself. But if you kind of work your way backwards from, you know, the end result and now what is uh, within your control and preventable, you know, some of that is just making sure that your employees are educated on the process. I don't know if you've ever, you know, maybe your current employment situation does this. I've, I've worked places where they'll send out uh, bogus phishing emails just to see, will the employees respond to something that they're not supposed to? Right? <laughs> I've heard of that. And thankfully, they don't do that here. Right. It's a little annoying because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I answered this because it looked like it came from Bob and I know Bob. Yeah. Uh, but that's the point, right? The point is to see when when are people responding in a way that isn't supposed to happen, right? Um, now, is email necessarily something that's going to be, you know, available and accessible for all employees? Of course not. You know, there's obviously not going to be a, a tremendous amount of email traffic for a bartender or a server or most people that are in food service it might be the kitchen manager and a few others and that's about it um, but still making sure that they know that they're making sound decisions on how they you know click on things and respond um, you know having uh, you know verification processes for uh, phone and payments just making sure that you know you're talking to the right people before you go ahead and process payments um, not being as willing to provide other information when people call you know hey I just uh, you know ordered my food and 
can you read back the credit card number that I paid with? I think I might have given you the wrong one. Um, you know, I'm, I realize I'm talking common sense, but a lot of it really is just making sure that you're you're not giving an easy access to something because there's plenty of other ways that are outside of your control and mine that people are going to take advantage of. Yeah. Um, just kind of on a side note, since we're talking insurance, I have to say that pet insurance really sucks. So <laughs> no, that's not related to anything, but I just, just had a thing with them the other day that I thought was just ridiculous. You know, they, they, they really operate in a world of um, annual limits. It's how they kind of uh, structure their business. Mm-hmm. I have other friends who have pet insurance and it's all about the annual limit on the coverage, you know, whether it's broad spaced or it's just in the, uh, right. you know, specific illnesses. God, and it's just, it's just awful. Um, my well, dog, had, my dog had her spleen removed and they had a $1,300 limit on spleen cancer. And I'm, I was thinking, I'm like, you didn't think that was going to be more expensive? <laughs> I don't disagree with you on pets. Um, I'm a dog guy myself and, uh, but I've never bought pet insurance because I know that there's, you know, there's a lot of restrictions with limits. Now that said though, the entire insurance world is based on limits, right? You know, things are not going to be unlimited, whether it's your property policy, there's a limitation to the value of the structure that might need to be rebuilt or the contents that are within it. You're talking about things like, uh, you know, general liability or workers comp. There, there might be some limits on there as well. Um, you know, choosing the right limits and making sure that you're understanding, you know, that you bought the right thing. I tell folks all the time, there's no right or wrong answer to what you do. You just need to be comfortable with the decision that you made when you purchased it. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. It's just... Yeah, uh, your situation. Stupid pet charts. <laughs> yeah, I got, the, I got no love for them. But uh, anyway, unrelated. Um, you know, so I, so I think a couple, of, you know, other good topics. Um, you know, business owners policy. It's one I mm-hmm. kind of had jotted down. But you know, I, you know, I, I think sometimes insurance. Obviously, you don't want to sort of promote on fear. Um, you know, right. as you sometimes see with these. Uh, life insurance commercials where it'd be like, Oh, you know, what if you die tomorrow? And then your family is left with all these funeral expenses. And, you know, of course that's one approach. Um, we don't want to feel like doom and gloom here, but again, a story I'd kind of seen here about a restaurant being, you know, smashed and grab burglary in LA and New York city indicted for a crash that hurt, you know, 20 people. But, um, well, the gloom and doom is definitely not, uh, tactic that I prefer to use because it, it just sounds so negative. Um, yeah. But the reality is insurance is something that you hope to never use. Right. Exactly. Right? Nobody gets excited about making a claim. It's because a, a time of need has come up and, and now it's time for the insurance company to show what they're, you know, what they're made of. Um, but I, I look at it not so much as gloom and doom, but why would you leave it to chance? Right. Yeah. You know, use the smash and grab example. So I'm in Rochester, New York, where we seem to be like the epicenter of smash and grabs lately, especially with stolen Kias. And, um, you know, I'll give you two situations that are almost identical, but one's malicious, one is not. We had a, an elderly driver who just mistook the, the gas for the brake and drove through the window of a restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. The good news is she's okay, right? 
but the unfortunate part is she drove through a very expensive you know storefront and caused a ton of damage now you could very easily say well won't her car insurance take care of it that's why she has car insurance and the answer is yeah maybe but it all depends on what she purchased for car insurance does she have the right levels of property damage and as a business owner do i want to leave to chance that she bought the right thing that her agent had that conversation and said well what if um, so you know leaving it to chance to me is not something that i would be willing to do with you know my baby you know your restaurant's your baby it's that's your blood sweat and tears it's quite possibly the most valuable asset you've ever owned or will own so why would you allow something unknown determine whether or not you're properly covered i'd rather just make sure that i've got all my ducks in a row right but if right. you take it to the smash and grab thing that that might be entirely outside of something that's covered i mean if it was stolen and reported as stolen maybe insurance companies are off of it by now and now it's just some you know random bad guy driving through and trying to steal your stuff Right. So and what kind of, the restaurant owners that you typically work with, are they more kind of like independent, small business types, franchisees, or, or what's the typical, you know, customer for Cover Wallet? Uh, with us, you know, it varies quite a bit, actually. You know, we, we have a lot of startups. We have a lot of, uh, you know, experienced restaurant owners. And the size runs from small to many employees. Um you know, really, it's going to come down to you know somebody who feels that their their needs need to be addressed in a different way. Um, you know, maybe they didn't know enough about insurance and they found us online. Uh, you know, we're insure tech, but really with a personal touch. You know, we're there to make sure that it's not just the the computer screen telling you what you need to have. We have very experienced sales advisors that are there to answer any and all of those questions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's an important thing, especially in this industry when you. You know, especially if you're starting up, I mean, you really got so many things you're just trying to do on a day to day. I mean, I kind of bring up pet insurance again here. I, mm-hmm. when I was mad at my uh, previous provider, you know, I went to one of these sites to like, you know, get a quote. And I mean, I've spent the last two weeks unsubscribing from emails because <laughs> it's just right. like been a, I've been a torrent of uh, confusing information, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's just one of those things. I think if you're focused on something else, you really don't, you know, need to be doing that in terms of, you know, exactly. trying to make it on your own, right? So, you no, know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I don't expect a small business owner, restaurant or anybody else for that matter, I don't expect them to know everything that they need to know about running the business. That's why they outsource things, right? I might not be good enough at making the food. That's why I go eat at your place. You know, we all have uh, things that are within our area of expertise. And it's not your job to know what you need to know. It's my job to know what you need to know. And we can have that conversation and make sure that we're make, you know, giving you an informed decision process. Uh, so you know what the, what the pros and cons are of each line item of coverage. You know, I, on a, kind of a side note you talked about pet insurance i'm going to talk about cell phones for a second it's amazing to me how many people are like super concerned about having their cell phone insured for damage they break Mm -hmm. their screen but they don't take the time you know to to look at a business owner policy and do i have the right level of coverage for my property and my general liability you know the the cell phone is something that they can't seem to live without but what about the the gravy train that bought that cell phone for you yeah, um, I think it's probably one of those things. I, I had read some stat in here about um, 
you know, cyber attacks and, you know, we're talking $85,000, $200,000, whatever it might be. And it's mm-hmm. so, so it's one of those things when you get to that point, you're probably, you're probably wondering about it. You know, as a homeowner, I had this, you know, I have a house built in the sixties and the, the front yard is really long. And so, you know, I, about a year into moving there, the pipes in the front were broken you know, and so they're like, do you have insurance on this? And I'm like, is that even a thing? <laughs> I, didn't know. I didn't know I could get these insured. Here's $25,000 as a repair. But um, I ended up, it ended up not being as broken as um, the first plumber told me. But Good. but again, you know, the story of that is like, again, you, you probably think about it, you know, when it comes to being a crisis, right? So and that's not the time to learn. Exactly. And, you know, when you, when you think about stuff, like, you know, you mentioned your house, you know, we're talking about, you know, physical property. It's easy for somebody to recognize a broken cell phone screen. It's not so easy for people to see the invisible liabilities that are all over them. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't want people to turn into like, you know, hyper paranoia and they're looking around saying there's liability everywhere, but you know, there, re- <laughs> <laughs> there really is. And, you know, just knowing where it comes from, what it looks like, and how you can do your best to control it and protect against it. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, from what I'm kind of listening to, I, you know, it seems like really at this point of, you know, where we're at as an industry that, you know, really you want to kind of look at insurance as being a customized solution, you know, mm-hmm. protection for, for everything that's happening. But I guess just, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what are kind of, you know, beyond the um, ones that we mentioned on cyber, you know, what is sort of the top of the, you know, funnel in terms of concern for, you know, operators right now? I think that that interruption stuff was such a mess there for a while. Mm -hmm. I I think with restaurants trying to figure out whether or not they can claim, you know, what was happening and that, you know, that's a whole saga that someone might write about one day. I'm sure they will, because that that really came down to court decisions, uh, state yeah. by state. You know, that was that was a tough one. Yeah, and then the um, PPP loans, and you know, what they were being used for, and so on right. and so forth. We're we're past those days, pretty much. But, no, uh, where, but where but where are we at now? I guess is the question. Yeah. I mean, as far as top of the funnel, you know, the things that I think are going to be consistent with everybody, you know, you have to have the business owner policy. That's that to me is almost a non-negotiable item. Uh, that's going to be your property or your general liability and your your business interruption. Um, you know, there aren't too many situations that I can envision where uh, somebody in food service doesn't have, you know, things to lose your business, personal property, whether you lease the building or own the building. You know, that may you know change what type of property coverage you need to have. But bottom line is. You've got stuff to lose. Um, you know, there's liability with people that are going to be on premises eating your food. Obviously, that's important in business interruption. We kind of covered that too. Um, so the BOP business owner policy, that's top of the list. Um, next step would be uh, workers' comp. If you have employees, you know, you're going to be liable for their well-being if something were to happen in the kitchen. You know, I, I worked in food service for a number of years. You know, I had pint glasses shatter in my hand and, you know, needed stitches, you know, accidentally got stabbed in the kitchen one time. Somebody was joking around and well, sounds, <laughs> sounds cool. That's, a, that's, that's not cool at all, but, but still, that was not really, it was really dumb. Uh, but still, I mean, it happened and it happened at work and it wasn't, you know, any fault of my own. It was just a, you know, a coworker that thought he was funny. Um, and accidentally stabbed me. 
But yeah. that was that was a workers' comp claim, and those are the things where you know workers' comp is there, so there isn't the finger pointing. We don't want the blame game uh, when it comes to something like that. You could have a fantastic employee that got injured. You don't want to be making them seem like they were the fault, and now you now you cause ill will. So you know, comp industry wide is really a no fault type insurance. You got hurt at work. This is how we solve the problem. Um, there's very few instances and very few states where you don't have to have it upon the first hire. I won't get into the all of that compliance stuff. That's too much. Um, but you really do need to have it because the alternative is really undesirable. Why would you want to be paying out of pocket for something that could have been protected by a relatively affordable policy, right? We've all heard the horror stories of things that have happened. Um, you know, working in food service, I've seen a lot of a lot of interesting things happen in the kitchen. You know, not intentional, just things happen. Uh, once yeah. you get past those two, now you start to get into, you know, what does your business have? You know, are you are you offering delivery? If you do, is it delivery that's done by your employees and vehicles that you own, or is it something else? So there's, you know, various gradations of, um, you know, we'll just call it commercial auto coverage that, you know, potentially could be something that you need to have. You may not need it at all. Really, it's going to depend on who's doing the delivering. Uh, you know, we mentioned cyber. That's a big one. If you have anything that's going to have, a, you know, an online touch point or anything that you doesn't even have to be online. You could have a laptop that's not connected to the Internet. But if my laptop has everything I could possibly need to know about your employees, like Social Security numbers and checking accounts, if somebody steals a laptop, you're kind of in the same ballpark, right? It's the same same problem. Um, you know, liquor liability if you're serving alcohol. Uh, you know, those are, you know, some of the biggest ones. And I think another one that is um, probably under-recognized by a lot of people is uh, employment practices liability. And that's there for, you know, harassment's probably the, you know, one of the, the top, if not the top, you know, cause, you know, somebody is harassing you in the workplace. This is, uh, you know, potential liability for the employer. It could be hiring practices. It could be you know, other things that are considered to be discriminatory. You know, we're, we're kind of at a, 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 a point in the, you know, the, the workplace where there's so many protected classes, as there should be. You know, you want to make sure that everybody's treated equally and fairly. Um, you know, that it's, it's very easy for somebody to potentially be singled out inappropriately and employment practices liability is there, you know, to make sure that if, you know, your employee does it, you're not losing your shirt as, a, as an owner. Right. Um, so just in terms of, of what you all do and, and how you could help with the many things we're talking about, kind of find yourself your in that space between, you know, quickly getting a quote online and finding a local insurance broker. It's the way I read it <laughs> to walk yeah. your operator through the process. So, yeah. I mean, what do you all do differently? And just in terms of how to connect and, you know, if you want to learn more. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. So, you know, in the insure tech space, you know, we do provide the human touch for those that want it. All right, but what's kind of a differentiator is you don't you don't have to do it that way. I mean, if you were to go to us for a business owner policy, you could quote it and purchase it online in a matter of minutes, right? But you always have the option, and there's a lot of insure tech capabilities, you know, in, in other places. Not speaking of competition, really necessarily, but get the idea um, that it's you know you either call and speak to a person or you're buying online, but you rarely get both. Right. And do you find that 
I mean, what do you find the demand for the person who wants to talk it through? Is that pretty high these days? You know, it's, um, you know, kind of it's, a, it's actually a lot place. higher than people think. Yeah. Um, particularly with restaurants, uh, you know, we find that a lot of the restaurant owners, you know, I, I think that probably the most valuable commodity that they have is their time. Right. Yeah. They're very, they're very busy people and their, uh, their hours of operation sometimes make it even more challenging to have that traditional eight to five conversation with an insurance agent, um, which would lead you to think that maybe buying online when the restaurant closes is the ideal, but what we've found a lot of is that you know, restaurant owners want to have that conversation to make sure that things are, are being handled properly. And they're not just leaving it to chance with what the, what the laptop told them. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you from this conversation, if, if that were me, I'd probably call <laughs> just so that I could have someone tell me what I needed. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a broad point that, you know, it's probably okay to not know, going in what kind of insurance you need mm -hmm. for your restaurant because right. again i mean you probably started because you had a dream to cook something or you wanted to be a business owner or you mm -hmm. wanted to be a franchisee of taco bell whatever but mm -hmm. you probably weren't well versed in insurance and you know that's all right <laughs> yeah exactly so. and, and like i said i i don't expect them to know um i, I expect me to know and I expect me to be able to, you know, to have those conversations. And uh, one thing, you know, kind of to mirror that point, I, we do find with a lot of the requests that we get are very reactive in nature for the new places. You know, if it's in a, you know, a seasoned uh, restaurant that's been around for years, that, that's a totally different conversation. But for the new in business, they're opening their door for the first time. They're asking for, uh, you know, basically a transactional conversation because they were told they need this. You know, if it's I'm about to sign my lease and they tell me I need to show proof of general liability coverage before I can get the key. What they don't know is tomorrow when they go to get financing for the equipment that's going in the restaurant that they just leased, they're going to be asked for the property coverage. Well, they could have handled it both at one, one conversation, but they didn't know to ask. Right. And in the, uh, in the insure tech space, you know, they're, you know, insure tech as an industry is very good at giving you exactly what you asked for but not necessarily asking you back, what else do you think you might need to have or do you even know? And, and that's where some challenges can come into play and, and really make things more complicated than when they need to be when it sounded like it was simple. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure the, uh, my pet insurance could have probably done a, <laughs> could have asked me some questions that I would have ended up with something different than what I had until I realized I didn't have it, you know? Right. Well, and you use the so word need life. a couple times. And the word need to me is kind of an interesting word, not to get all, you know, wordsmithy here, but what does word what does the word need really mean to, to some people? Yeah. You know, is it a is it a business necessity? Is it a compliance product? Or is it something that is nice to have? And like a kind of to illustrate the point, I was shopping for my personal car insurance not that long ago. And I won't name the insurance carrier, but they basically the premise is, you know pay for what you need kind of idea right so i'm paying for what i need well i have a i have a truck that is paid for so i don't have a lien holder do i need collision coverage well according to the the business need i don't but the reality is i have a fairly new truck that has value and you're darn right i want to have collision coverage on it my quote did not include that it must be interesting selling you insurance. <laughs> That's a, um, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm both a dream and a nightmare, depending on your perspective, because <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. But I also I'm going to know what you didn't include and what and, and that's my point is I'm obviously going to be fairly knowledgeable in that industry, but I'm looking at it thinking they gave me a quote that if I look at it purely from price, that was a good price. It was definitely better than what I'm paying. But then when I started to look at what I wasn't getting, I realized, wait a minute, I didn't need something. So you didn't include it. And if I just bought it on price, I would have been very disappointed if I got into an accident. Yeah, it's a good lesson in life there. My brother sells insurance, house and car. Um, so I, I hope he does me right when I just kind of let him do it. <laughs> but maybe he's, uh, you know, he's swindling me, who knows. Well, um, John, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Before I let you go, though, I just want to give you a chance, you know, if someone who's listening, you know, wants to get in touch, wants to learn more, what's a good place for them to either reach out directly or just learn more about, you know, the company? Well, as far as Cover Wallet goes, you know, the best way to do it is, you know, go to coverwallet.com online. Um, you know, that's going to have all of our contact info, probably a lot easier than me quoting phone numbers and, and names. You can, everybody can spell Cover Wallet, right? Um, <laughs> it's one that word. Is, yeah, one <laughs> word, coverwallet.com. You can't, can't miss it. Uh, but, you know, as far as, you know, what's what's best for you, the, the most important thing is, to, you know, to reach out and have those conversations with people. Don't just rely on, on what the glass tells you, because, you know, the, the saying that you don't get what you, you know, well, I always say you don't get what you don't pay for. Um, you want to make sure that you're making the informed decision on, on the coverage that you're purchasing, because the time to find out is not at the time of need. And, uh, you know, everybody has a, a different need. So having a tailored coverage provided to you based on what you think is important is really the best thing that you can do for your business. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, John. Well, uh, we appreciate all the time. You know, we'll look forward to learning more in the future. Hopefully no crises uh, uncover any more crazy things, but... They well, probably I, will. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. It was, uh, it was definitely a pleasure, and uh, sorry to hear about you, dog. Oh, no, I mean, she's fine. Uh, she's doing well. It's just, yeah, they friggin' I, I didn't realize I only had $1,300 of spleen insurance uh, until I realized it, you know. <laughs> right. But um, it's all good. Uh, but anyway, John, you know, thank you so much again for joining us, and for everybody out there who's listening, as always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.